Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I'm Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we've got a little bit of a twist when it comes to financial habits. You know, we all want to help our kids, I think, learn about money. And right now, that responsibility, for the most part, is landing on parents. Although I'm, I'm noticing more and more schools are actually adding a finance side um, to their education, but it's not, it's definitely not everywhere. And what it what hit Alex and I was these good financial habits that hopefully we have as parents and we want to teach to our kids, it doesn't just help them financially, only financially speaking, it actually helps them in their life in general. And so that's what we're going to talk about is what financial habits do we have and how does it help you outside of your financial life? And before we get there, we're today, what beer are we drinking, Ryan? So we're drinking pseudo hazy IPA. It's from uh, the Bellevue Bellevue Brewing Company. Uh, Like the name says, it's a hazy IPA. Alcohol is at 6.2 and the IBU is at a 72. So it's an IPA Pacific Northwest. So the IBU is is definitely higher, just like a lot of Pacific Northwest IPAs are. It's a solid. I'm a big fan of this one with uh, the Bellevue Brewing Company. Um, I haven't had too many of their beers, mainly because I think every time I go there, I order this one. Um, sure. But it, it definitely has that that bitterness taste to it, a little bit of a, but it has a fresh taste to it. So it's actually pretty solid from the standpoint of a, a summery um, style IPA. So that's my thoughts on it. Sure. Um, I I prefer the beer that we had last week that was you know a little bit more summery than than this. Um, we drink a lot of hazy IPAs and then th- this one's good, but there's others that are, that I prefer. Uh, I'll go ahead and give this a, a five out of 10. All right, so for me, bottle cap wise, I'm going to give it a seven. So seven out of 10 there. So definitely check them out. They've got several other beers there in uh, Bellevue Brewing Company. So if you're in Bellevue or at the grocery store, check them out. Let's get to, to the topic here, Alex. So as we were talking about, you know, to begin the episode, financial habits unlock other habits or unlock goals and help you be, I think, just be a better person in general, in my opinion. Now, obviously, I think I'm biased. <laughs> sure. I think Alex might be too when it comes to this topic. But but let's give him an example here. So, you know, you and I were chatting before uh, talking about this topic and while we definitely weren't on the same page when we first chatted about it, um, we both started really getting into the details and really unlocking the outside the financial life when it comes to like, for instance, worth of a dollar, right? That you brought up, like you're trying to teach Sienna the value of a dollar. Yeah. When like, what we when Heather and I talk to Sienna, it's the the design of this is to make it so that the conversation isn't around um like just i want to buy x can i buy it yes or no um so we we try and have a conversation around like okay what's the value of whatever we're buying going to bring to you and like try and help make some of these things be you know connected to other good habits so like helping helping make it so that there's a reward component to to things understanding like okay like what are we giving up what are some of the the other components that that involve the the worth of this dollar what else could we do with it things of that nature 
Yeah, when we talk about values just in general, like you and I have spoken into this topic around like, you know, a lot of people spend money and they spend it frivolously or without any kind of real true thought as to, okay, is this money that I'm spending, am I getting any value out of this, this, this spent of this spent of this specific dollar? And when we can teach our, our kids what the value of a dollar is, what it is you're getting, and maybe have some sort of conversation around, okay, do we want to buy the candy bar? Or do we want to buy, you know, something else that might provide us a little bit more value that that ties into hand in hand with what are your values in general, right? If, if you don't like desserts, are you spending a lot of money on desserts frivolously and, and you really don't even care about it? I mean, you know, I bring up the car for me. I don't spend a lot of money on my cars as much as I could have because cars to me aren't as important. Yeah, it's a mode of transportation to you as opposed to something that you are innately proud of and spend a bunch of time working on and doing more stuff with. It's not to denigrate folks that are gearheads and that love their cars and things of that nature. It's just not your thing, and that's totally fine. Um, and the, the the goal here with the worth of a dollar conversation is really to to stop and think, like, okay. Is this just a shiny thing that we want because it's shiny, or is this going to add meaningful value to our life? Yeah, and th- that type of conversation is, I think, a double whammy, right? You're teaching your kid values, like what the family values, and helps them decipher that for themselves, as well as what the value of a dollar actually is. It helps them understand that piece, mm-hmm. right? Which number two example is, is around savings habits, right? Consistent, good savings habits, if you get consistent in that area, that will help you probably be consistent in other areas of your life. Maybe you'll be more consistent with your eating habits or your exercise habits. Those were the two that came to mind for me. Right. And like just how that carries over. If we can keep ourselves in some sense of a routine or consistent habit in the money side of things. That's going to bleed over into many many other areas outside of financial. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so much of this is just getting out of the cycle of running on the hamster wheel and creating good habits, which are essentially some form or some version of delayed gratification of like having like spending a little bit more time to have a home cooked meal instead of going out to eat. Um, and, and again, if you go out to eat all the time, like the, the, there might be some tremendous value and depending upon your family and your situation, that might make a ton of sense. But at the same time, it's also making sure that we're not like creating shortcuts that are going to lead to bigger problems down the road. And that like, so creating those good savings habits make a lot of other things significantly easier affording our first home, buying a car, all of these other various different things that that we either need or want become significantly easier if we can go ahead and create those good, consistent savings habits. I love how you brought up the delayed gratification, right? Like if we think of society and how we are today, (laughs) (laughs) right? And we think about jobs, like we've all read the articles around certain generations that they go to work for six months and they expect a big raise or, or what have you. Right. And whether or not that's right or wrong, I'm not, that's not the point of me bringing it up. The point of me bringing it up is if we have 
that delayed gratification, if we understand, if we don't expect something right away, that's going to create a lot of good habits. And you're most likely going to be even more successful in life because of that. Like you understand what hard work is and how one day of going to the gym, the next day you're not ripped. Right. Well, I actually saw something uh, posted on a social media the other day that was talking about the difference in mindset between somebody who's rich and somebody who's poor. And it started out with two people uh, pouring water onto a plant and the plant grew and then there was some fruit on it. And the the poor mindset was to pick the fruit right away and stop pouring uh, water and the plant eventually withered and died and the person had had one piece of fruit and enjoyed it. And the rich person delayed taking the fruit and wound up having a whole tree full of fruit because they kept pouring more water, more resources into cultivating the thing. And then ultimately the poor person was asking the rich person, hey, can I have some? And the rich person's response was, well, for $1,000, sure. And like, we can go ahead and get into the socioeconomic discussion around like, is it right to charge a thousand bucks for whatever the fruit was? Like, that's not here nor there. It's the the mindset of cultivating something that is an asset and delaying the initial gratification. That's what the focus should be on of like, okay, hey, yeah, if we have success, we should continue doing whatever it was that caused that success and continue to pour resources and energy and effort and money into these things. Regardless of what the 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 initial outcome was, we don't want to stop just because we had initial success. What's funny as as we keep talking about this, right? Like becoming financially successful, you're probably very successful in a lot of other areas of your life. And the one thing that just hit me, and it still ties back to money. When we think of people that's maybe financially successful, you know if we go like ultra like celebrity or like billionaire type status, I think a lot of people will think of greed. They'll think about all, how they trick the system and they've got all these different thoughts around that. And while some of that may, may or may not be valid, think about if we could also teach our kids around, you know, charity. Right. Right. Which is still financial, right? Like you have to have the assets to be able to give to charity. Although I guess you could give your time, but if you gave your time, do you have, right? It still goes hand in hand. What else can we teach our children that is around money, but also still has them be a more well-rounded person for society? Yeah. Being able to, again, create these good, consistent habits, whether it's with how we spend our time or how we spend our our money, what we do with that savings, if you will. Again, whether it's saving time, saving money. It's the the same. Ultimately, it's a a resource management conversation. And our our last example, which was what Alex was a good one, is the trade-off example that you were talking about earlier before we started recording. Yeah. And so the trade-off conversation is it kind of goes back a little bit to the worth of a dollar of like helping kids understand like why we work and that, that it's not just, hey, we have money, we can go buy X, whatever X is. But but helping understand, like okay, what do what do we give up by doing that? Like how much time did it take for us to earn that dollar? Um, what what are the other components, or what else could we do with a dollar? So, I mean, essentially, 
like from a, you know, super geeky, like economic standpoint, like, okay, what is the marginal effective best use of that dollar? And why are we doing, you know, buying X instead of doing something else? What trains your brain, how to make good decisions. Yeah. Thinking critically. Right. And it doesn't have to go ultra analytically, although maybe you need to be more (laughs) analytical. That would be on my end of things and vice versa on Alex's side, maybe a little bit less analytical. I probably spend too much time dealing with like, like digging into some of the details on some of the stuff. Yeah. And it's funny, you were, as you were talking about that, right. The trade-offs it's, you could spend, you know, thinking about the amount of time that we're working, right? The trade-off is if you work 80 hour work weeks and you have a family, that's a lot less time you have spending with your family. And maybe, maybe that's okay. And maybe that's not okay. But the trade-off is you're getting less time with your family. Right. And now the question becomes, okay, are we building something that's going to become, you know, self-sustaining or, you know, the ability to take more time to go do a family vacation or create memorable, you know, memories that are going to last a lifetime. Um, and so like there, again, there's trade-offs for each one of these things. And it, it's so much of it is trying to instill and create those good, the good decision-making skills, whether it's time or money or any other resource, like, okay, how do we actually sit down and make the the comparison? How do we think about these various different trade-offs that we have to make so that we can be better able to go ahead and, you know, live a more fulfilling life that creates good, consistent habits. And we live to our values so that we really enjoy the things that we spend time and money and and our energy on. In the end, there are a ton of books out there around personal development. And Alex and I being obviously financial advisors took a different spin on it and said, okay, you can go get better on the personal side of stuff. Does that coincide and correlate maybe on the financial side, possibly, it also works the other way around. If you get good on the financial side with good habits, right? Understanding different, um, you know, as as Alice was talking about different trade-offs, right? Worth of, te- worth of a dollar, different values, that can unlock the personal development side. So it goes both ways, which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. Our question today is what good money habits are you helping are helping you outside of your financial life? So head over to beerandmoney.net and there's a spot for you to answer that question of the day. As always, we want to make sure that these episodes are valuable for you. So if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts of maybe topics that you would love to hear us talk about, feel free to reach out to us uh, to let us know. As always, we hope this episode was valuable. And Mr. Collins, cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or quantified financial partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax legal or accounting advice. 
consult your tax secure accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities Number FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 1531912. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699. CA Insurance License Number 0H24806. Endpoint Number 2022-143650. Expiration September 2024.